0: And I'm the last number, 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Whew.
1: Do something and to wrestle with. We call with. Brits. Pritchard. Who's, pritchard? Who's pritchard? Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. it. that a rib? No, you yeah, have me. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And was he there? I was there. Say
0: something I I don't. <laughs> I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of
1: shit. I I you. kill you, Bruce. Ah love you.
0: take the You cheese.
1: The double cheeseburger. You take the bread. Double cheese. Well, you know, and
0: then double mayo. You know, it's called chicken salad. Double onion, motherfucker. You're nothing but an egg-sucking dog. They're on your Google machine. God damn you! God damn it. What
1: the hell show you got there? I need more. <sighs> Something to wrestle with. Gone Bruce Richard. Eek the second most second athlete in the entire world today. Oh.
0: Gone Red. Holmes said. What happened when? Huh? What would Vince say about that? Well, hey
1: man. Tell me. Mush arms look good
0: tonight. Yeah. They're so big. Yeah. The basketball shuck. To Wrestle. Man. There's something to wrestle something with. To wrestle something with. To, wrestle something with. to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Bruce Pritchard is here. What's going on, man? How are you? You don't know that. I got to tell you, man. People were starting to get worried. I, 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 I can't tell you worried. how many. I get DMs every day. Is Bruce okay? How's Bruce? Can you give us an update on Bruce? Buddy, we've missed shows here or there, but this time, not only did we miss a few shows, but man, folks were all over saying Bruce is this and Bruce is that and he ain't here, but he is there and here's what's going on, but it ain't this and it ain't that. What's going on, Bruce? You all right? I'm fucking great. I'm uh, you know, here
1: here's here, here's here's the funny thing, man. And you and I have talked through throughout all of this shit, man. I, I had a great vacation in Cabo. Uh we gotta be the last guest of this incredible fucking house, man, on the beach. Hey, when you were there, man, did the dude go out and rake the uh seed every day?
0: Every day. Isn't that crazy?
1: Holy cow. I mean, look, guys, I'm just a, a humble little guy from Texas. I don't get to go to these fancy things. Conrad had been there. Like, I think he goes at least every other week or something to this mansion on a beach in Cabo. But I had saved up for like nine years to be able to spend a couple of days there. And I was absolutely blown away. Uh, it was, it was paradise on earth, man. It was, it was absolutely insane.
0: Well, hang on now. You were shitting your brains out or something. You had something going on. You had, I
1: I did. I got a little bit of, uh, of Montezuma's revenge there. But it didn't stop me, man. It was it was uh it was what it was. And I had a incredibly beautiful, um uh, just picturesque, panoramic, incredible uh view every single day. Um good friends and my whole family, and we had we had an absolute blast. So so to to address some of the rumor and innuendo it's just complete horseshit. Um, out there in the, in the wrestling media, if you will, um, for years. And I, and I will go back to the nineties. Shit. I'll go back to the eighties. I would always save my vacation till the end of the year so that I could take vacation around Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. Yeah. Yeah it steals a couple of extra days because if you do it close to Christmas, okay. And if Christmas is, you know, it's an extra day off type thing. Um, then when I got married, my wife's birthday is, uh, latter part of November. So it's always around Thanksgiving. It's her favorite holiday. And so I'd like to take that time off. And this year I took it at a time. We didn't have two Smackdowns. Right. Um, we, we pre-recorded and we had a, uh, comp show so i wasn't there was no tv to go to in general so i had my vacation time during that time to where it looked like hey man bruce hasn't been here for oh my god three tvs in a row um when and then i got the flu yeah i, I just i got the flu and i was uh, running a fever and not feeling well so we've got a great team and an incredible uh just an incredible support system and team that, that was there. I think I missed, I missed, uh, three TVs,
0: three TVs. Well, but also too, when you didn't, we didn't have a podcast because you did lose your voice and, and another yeah, well, time I did lose my voice. Yes. Another time you busted an eardrum or some such, yeah. and then you were shitting and getting, so I mean, listen, there was a time when you called me and I said, Bruce, when was the last time you felt well, but there's all these whispers. Did he have this? Did he have that? I'll have, you know, you tested negative every time.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, dude, I'm, I'm good. And I did, I I did bust an eardrum in the middle of all that. Yes. That was a, that was an extremely fun experience. Um, but but yeah,
0: I share that because if you busted an eardrum probably shouldn't be wearing headphones. If you have laryngitis, you probably can't talk. So the result was Bruce is not a TV, and he doesn't have a podcast. He must be dead. Yeah, well,
1: I know that that's wishful thinking on a lot of people's <laughs> part. But unfortunately, I'm still alive and kicking and, and, and rocking and rolling and uh, all that good stuff, man. So, you know, no worries, and, and uh, we'll, we'll see how long my voice holds up today, and do whatever it is we got to do. What else have we missed? I, you know. I, I did talk to you. We texted more because I was, uh, there were a couple days there that I don't think I got out of bed, but, um, what else is going on since we last visited in the world of the world?
0: Well, you sent me a drink that I can't get in Alabama for Christmas and we greatly appreciate that. Megan had about three sips and she was ready for a nap. Uh, so good job there. Appreciate that. And, You're welcome. And uh, we had Christmas. We had New Year's. Alabama's in the national title game this coming Monday night. So yeah, but that's always the same, isn't it? Unfortunately, I won't be watching Raw this coming week, but everybody else should be because uh, it's going to be second verse same as the first. Alabama's going to beat Georgia. No surprise. And uh, yeah, I so mean, there's no need to watch that crap. So what else would you watch? Right. Out? So you would watch Raw and see what's shaking, bacon, because all of a sudden. Brock Lesnar is our Raw champion. I don't think anybody saw that coming when Day One was announced. Well, you never know, man. Everything uh, anything can happen on any given day, by God. Oh, I, I need you to hit me with an old Vince McMahon. Anything can happen. I don't know if I can do that. Goddamn, pal. In the World Wrestling Federation, you know. Yes. Anyway, here's the deal. Anything can happen here on something to wrestle because we're broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free. When you use our promo code wrestle at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. And today, Bruce, we're covering the masterpiece Chris masters. Chris is going to turn uh, 39 on January 8th. So this Saturday, as you're listening, this tomorrow will be his 39th birthday. Believe it or not, his story begins at the age of just 16 for ultimate pro wrestling. When he first starts training there, man, Rick Bassman and the WWE, you guys have some sort of relationship. I mean, from the Ultimate Warrior to John Cena and there's been so many towns. Ta- Samoa Joe went through there. Now Chris Masters. Rick Bassman has uh quite the resume of folks that he helped get in the biz, does he not?
1: Well, you know, first of all, happy birthday to Chris Masters, because Chris is a loyal listener of the show and uh I wanna wish him a very happy birthday this Saturday. Um Rick Bassman, man, you know, Rick had a school in outside of Hollywood, California, um, everybody that there weren't a plethora of places to go and learn the craft. Rick had a spot, um, in Southern California where a lot of guys would go to be discovered. There were, you know, every bodybuilder in the world, every wannabe, whether you were an aspiring actress that wanted to wait tables during the day or thought that maybe you could make your name in the world of acting by becoming a wrestler or diva, whatever the hell it was at the time, that Bassman had a place for you to go. And Rick was really the only game in town. I don't know, you know, there were times that Rick had some good trainers and and not so good trainers. There were, there were times, I don't know that it was absolutely the, the best training facility, but I'll tell you what it was. It was really the best for seeing some of the giants and seeing, uh, people that you may not ordinarily find that were looking for a place to go. You know, John Cena comes from there. Uh, Bassman and warrior and WWE that had absolutely nothing to do with that. I think just warrior passed through there. um, And what was one of Rick's first, you know, quote, oh, my God, I I trained the warrior. And if you're going to brag about that, then Uh, whoo. But. It was it was a place to go and it was a place to be seen. So when looking for uh, talent, Southern California, the other thing that Rick did for us that was extremely helpful is, man, I could call Rick on a Tuesday and say, Hey man, I'd like to have an audition. I'd like for you to pull together. Um, give him any description of, of anything. And Rick could pull together, man, a, a casting in a matter of days because he had really great connections that he was in the Hollywood world. If you needed a big man for a stunt man, or you needed a big monster in a movie, Rick a lot of times was the first call in Hollywood. They say, "Hey, do you have any guy that's uh, six foot nine, three hundred ninety pounds that could fill this role?" And he would send them four guys. You know, um, so that w- that was really the the relationship, and that was where Rick was really you know invaluable in many ways to us because it was a place to go, and everybody knew go to UPW. And chances are, you could get looked at by WWE. And in addition to that, you could get a movie role, you know, along
0: the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work, but you know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's insurance or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around the house. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. How about this for timing? Chris starts training the same day as John Cena, but ends up getting hurt and he winds up being out for three months. The WWF at the time were recruiting out of UPW and masters decided at the time to get into bodybuilding and working out, which led him to focus on that for three years, when do you remember? Chris masters coming across your radar.
1: I remember Chris, I I can't tell you the year, but I remember when Chris first started training because he was young and just had a desire to be in the business. And that's one thing that when you're looking at talent, you're looking for people in the business, someone that has desire is a huge, huge deal.
0: I want to mention he gets signed by the WWE in October of 2003. And from there he's sent to Ohio Valley wrestling, and he'll be known from that point forward as Chris masters. Who do you think would have made the decision to sign him? Is that like every other wrestler in the last 20 years? Is that a Jr hire?
1: Sure. Might as well be.
0: No, sincerely. Do you, I mean, is this somebody who's on your radar? I mean, we know Jerry Briscoe was looking for amateur wrestlers and whatnot, but would have had like a relationship were you tight with rick was rick calling you and saying hey man gotta take a look at this kid
1: yeah i was direct contact with rick and i'm the one that went out there and routinely scouted talent so between uh california and memphis and cincinnati and just all the different places i would go to a lot of independent shows all over the country if there was somebody that hey you got to see this guy but try to be out in California at least once a month.
0: Let's also mention that, uh, masters has said in the past that your brother, Dr. Tom is the one who came up with his name. Uh, he's only 20 years old when he signed. Do you remember any early reports? Like what was your, what was, uh, the other Pritchard saying about masters?
1: Well, again, it was someone that had desire. It was someone that had a lot of potential. He was very young. So this was someone that you could hopefully train before they get any bad habits. A lot of times talent will, you know, go somewhere else or they'll, they'll work for a long time and you pick up bad habits. Sometimes that you do things a certain way that may not be the right way. So to get them young and be able to train them in their infancy in the business is imperative.
0: I want to mention the timing here. I think everybody remembers that Randy Orton signed with the WWE in 2001 and very quickly had success and became, you know, the youngest world champion or what have you to I mean, just almost immediate success. What I'm driving at here is Randy Orton was not without a little bit of growing pains and a lot of that's probably largely due to his age are you skittish about signing someone who's just 20 years old? Or do you view that as a positive? Both it's a positive,
1: but regardless anyone that is 20 years old, my kids are 22 years old. You are always going to have a, a a maturity issue. It's just, you, you have to get out and you have to experience life. And in this business at 20 years old to be put out on the road and to be away from home, be away from your support system is challenging. So you, you have to keep that in mind when you're recruiting someone that young that, all right, guess what? They
0: can't rent a car at 20 years. That's old. what I was going to say. You got to be 25 to rent a car.
1: So you have that issue. You need, you need the buddy system. You need to be able to pair them up with someone that's going to kind of take care of them. You want to try to get them a mentor. That's going to take care of them on the road, not abuse them on the road and and hopefully not get them into any bad habits as well. So it is, it's a double edged sword. You want them as young as you can get them so that you can train them and be able to teach them from the ground floor. However, at the same time, you're no different than college football, man. You've got some young kids that are still maturing, coming right out of high school. Once they graduate college at 22, 23 years old, you go into the NFL. Man, that's a whole different world. Yeah, you're, you're dealing with You're dealing with men. You're dealing with adults. You're dealing with the big boys. And that can be a heavy trip for some people that some can handle it, some can't.
0: Talk to me a little bit about, uh, his work. The first time you see it, uh, you know, again, Rick Bassman signed stars. He, he knew what WWE or F whatever wanted look wise. Uh, but I wouldn't say that there were a bunch of fantastic in-ring workers, five-star match Jones type performers that came through UPW.
1: Oh, five-star Jones.
0: Oh, five-star. You know what I'm Old talking five-star about? Five-star Jones. Certainly you can agree that there's probably a difference in the way Rick Bassman trained a wrestler versus say your brother or Lance storm. Right?
1: Absolutely. That was why the desire to, to get them out of there as soon as possible and, uh, to bring them into the fold. And, and it wasn't just UPW. I think that that was any place, you know, from an independent
0: yeah. circuit. You got to have them learn the WWE way. <laughs> yep. So what'd you think of his in-ring work? The first time you saw him, Hey, he's green, but he, I see something. Or did you think, well, we got a lot of work to do.
1: We had a lot of work to do. We had a lot of work to do, but, but you know, masters had a look and he was able, he appeared to pick it up pretty quickly. So it was, some guys have a presence. Some guys don't, I think that Rick masters can walk into any room still to this day. And Rick's going to look like somebody,
0: you mean Chris. You were, you were combining.
1: I'm saying Rick, you're saying Bassman, I mean, Chris masters. Yes.
0: You combined Bassman and Matt. I know what
1: you mean. I I sure did. So I miss, I misspoke there. (laughs) (laughs) Goddamn.
0: Well, here's what the reason I was asking about the work. I, I saw a lot of early comparisons when he was first coming onto the scene to Lex Luger. Now the difference being Lex Luger did come in and have very quick success. I think he started in late 85 and. You know, he was on TBS in early 87. So he was very quickly uh, on the big scene and and getting magazine covers. And and it was all based on the look. I think the difference between a Lex Luger and a Chris masters is Lex Luger was here to make a living, make some money and, and, and move on down the road. Whereas boy, Chris masters is a super fan his whole life. He just loves this shit. Right.
1: Yes. And that, that's where the, that word desire comes into play. Yeah. Where Chris really wanted Chris wanted to be a star and Chris wanted to do the work and be as good as he possibly could be.
0: So in that it just regard, wasn't,
1: it just wasn't, I want to be, I want to be, you know, Chris masters and I want to make movies. Right. It was man. I want to be a WWE star.
0: If you're keeping up with wrestling these days on social media, specifically Twitter, man, it feels like the, uh, the battle lines have been drawn. And a lot of wrestling fans feel like they have to pick a side and i think the result of that sort of mentality is there's like a double standard you know if one company does something the other guys jump on it but if their favorite company did it it would be okay that double standard just uh man that sucks and you know who else sucks those big box retailers who take care of all your auto parts in your neighborhood here's what i'm talking about if you cruise down there You've got your name on your shirt because you're a professional mechanic. They're going to give you a better deal than if, say, I wandered in as a do-it-yourselfer. I'm going to pay up to twice as much for the same parts. That's not fair. That's crazy. Why in the world, when I pay twice as much for the same part, I don't? I go to RockAuto.com. You see, RockAuto.com is a family business. They've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So, go to rockauto.com and shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And by the way, they have everything you could ever need there engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. Hell, they even have a new carpet for your car. Now, this isn't just for your classic cars, although they do have that. I bought my dad a, an old school Corvette four or five years ago. And man, we go to rockauto.com anytime he needs something, it is the only place we know we can find everything. This is also perfect for your daily driver. So, if you've got a late model, something or other that needs a little something, RockAuto.com can hook you up in just a few easy clicks. And by the way, this is delivered directly to your door. You see, the RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. So easy that even my dad can do it. And you can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specs, and the prices that you prefer. But best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Do me a favor. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you find what you're looking for, just write "wrestle" in their How did you hear about us?" box. So, they know that we sent you. It's rockauto.com. Thinking about those credit cards you used over the holidays? Thinking about the interest rates on them? Lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Lightstream's credit card consolidation loans have rates as low as 4.98% APR with AutoPay and Excellent Credit. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Just for my listeners, apply now and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. Now, the only way to get this discount is to go to Livestream.com slash wrestle. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash wrestle. Of course, this is subject to credit approval. Rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR, and it includes a half a percent auto pay discount. The lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Russell for more information. So in your mind, the Lex Luger comparison, maybe not fair.
1: No, it's not fair because again, Lex was, it was an ends to a means for Lex
0: or means to an end. How does that saying go? I don't even means to an end. Hey, let me ask you this though, from a Vince standpoint, when you see Chris masters and you decide, Hey, we got to do something with this kid. And he gets signed and he's going to developmental. Is he on Vince's radar or is that too early? Is it almost like, no, I don't want to show him too soon because I know Vince is going to fall in love with this or that. We got to get him cleaned up a little bit, WWE polished up or whatever.
1: Yeah. Way too soon. A lot of times there were very few that Vince saw in the developmental system until they were really ready.
0: But you just knew based on, I think he's like six foot four, he's got a bodybuilder. Look, this is in Vince's mind. What a wrestler looks like, right?
1: Well, I think in anybody's mind, you know, you can't teach size, right? Chris is Chris is a tall kid. He's a big kid and had a presence. So He had the intangibles that you can't teach. Now you got to get him in there and you've got to be able to teach him, you know, right from wrong and get that charisma to come out of him.
0: So when he does report down, uh, to developmental, where he's going to wind up is OVW and we would see him on OVW TV as a part of a tag team called the troubleshooters with Brent Albright. Uh, Brent Albright is a name we don't talk about a lot, but man, we used to hear his name all the time back in the day. Uh, he did uh, have a cup of coffee in uh, SmackDown in 2006. Uh, he would pop up in TNA and Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling Noah. He did some stuff in the NW. He was all over, but I'm interested in talking about his tag team with Chris Masters here, the Troubleshooters. Did you get a chance to see any of their stuff together?
1: I have no recall whatsoever of their tag team together. I remember Brent. I always thought that Brent was one of those guys that was a tremendous talent, tremendous worker. However, was just void of personality. But when the bell rang, man, he could go and was a lot of fun to watch.
0: I want to ask about, uh, the reports it's reported in the observer at the time and a few other places that Meltzer and others thought maybe masters was lacking charisma. Is that maybe just, he's new to the game. He's not comfortable yet. I mean, we're asking a lot of a 20 year old, I think, and I say this all the time when I watch college football, cause my dad, as you know, gets very animated watching football and I'll be like, dad, you realize that guy went to his senior prom like 18 months ago. like, And now you're this upset. He's a kid. So, as a twenty-year-old in under the bright lights and the critical eye, professional wrestling, yeah, he's probably got to get comfortable being in that space, right? You can judge charisma in, in many
1: ways, and again, I, I don't, uh, I don't view Meltzer's judgment is is anything other than sorry, fuck, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, are you looking for the perfect Father's Day gift idea? I was, and I found it at Paint Your Life. With Paint Your Life, you'll get a hand-painted portrait created to fit almost any budget, and it's a great gift idea for your mother, your father, or both. You see, Paint Your Life transform your photos into a -a one-of-a-kind hand-painted portrait done by professional artists. You can upload photos of anything you can imagine. You choose the artist and the art medium. They've even got great frames. It all takes less than five minutes to get started, and you can get your portrait in as little as two weeks. You can give the most meaningful gift you've ever given at paintyourlife.com. And there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. And right now as a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping to get this special offer. Just text the word wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four. That's wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four text wrestle to eight, seven, two, zero, four paint your life, celebrate the moments that matter most. Message and data rates may apply. See paintyourlife.com slash terms for details. Afford Anything talks about how
1: to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about
0: So, back to the show. Tell me about uh, Brent Albright. You were saying, oh, I what I remember about Brent Albright and then we had an interruption. Okay. I'm rolling right now, just whenever.
1: Oh, well, I'll tell you what I remember about Brent Albright. Was Brent was was those guys that could have a match with anybody. Yeah. Go out great worker, excellent worker. Had personality once the bell rang, but was completely void of personality. You know, before the bell, it just wasn't a lot of charisma. There wasn't a lot of personality to get anything out of Brett, but you wanted it for him so bad because he was so good in the ring, and
0: just couldn't, just couldn't find it. Just couldn't get it on air. So did you feel like from a Chris master standpoint that all he was missing was the right quote unquote gimmick? Like we we know we have. A specimen, we know we have the passion of a super fan. He is young, but man, maybe it's not going to be the troubleshooters, but if we can find the right thing for him, we got something here.
1: Yeah. And you know, you wanted to be able to put him in a position that he could work with top hands and that he was able to work with a more experienced talent than obviously he was, but also anybody that, in OVW that could train him as well. But I think that Chris had promise. Chris had, you know, that kind of it that you were looking for.
0: All right, Bruce, let's talk about something that you and I have uh, talked about for a while here on the show, hair loss. Now I've shared with you that earlier this year, I turned 40 right before that. I took my parents to the beach for their anniversary. And as I saw my 63 year old dad getting into the pool, I noticed he was, uh, <clears throat> think tony Shavani described Arn anderson's as a flesh-colored yarmulke and i was a little nervous bruce hey man i knew my dad was gray but he can't be losing his hair too that's not good for me and then i remembered bruce there's only two fda approved medications that prevent hair loss and i knew that because our friends at keeps offer both keeps has a simple stress-free way for you to keep your hair I started doing it in April. You should, too. You've got convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months, meaning you don't even have to leave your home. It's also low-cost, Bruce. Treatments start at just $10 a month and keeps offers generic versions. They've got discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of their competitors, Bruce. But but I hate having to go to a doctor to get that stuff, man. Now it's showing up at your house. Come on. Doesn't get any better than that. And here's the thing I want to remind everybody. Don't wait until it's too late. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results. So act fast. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash wrestle to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash wrestle to get your first month for free. That's K E E P S.com slash wrestle keeps.com slash wrestle. Look, we're all adults here, and some of us choose to use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Lucy Nicotine is a company that was created to help nicotine users find a cleaner option and feel better about the ways they consume nicotine. Their latest product is Slim Nicotine Pouches, which contain pure synthetic nicotine and provide the same satisfaction that nicotine users expect without any tobacco at all. Lucy Slim Pouches use the newest technology for synthesizing pure nicotine in the lab, none of the tobacco, and all of the nicotine satisfaction. Lucy Slim Pouches include both coconut oil and gum base to provide a soft, fluffy texture that enhances the flavor and doesn't dry out your mouth. They come in three strengths, 4, 8, and 12 milligrams, and they have three exclusive and delicious flavors, spearmint, mango, and cool cider. This has been a game changer for some folks in my life who have found now a cleaner way to get their nicotine fix. Prior to this, man, everything in their life was determined by, well, you know. We had to figure out whose car we were taking, what restaurants we could go to, what hotels we would stay at. Not anymore. Slim nicotine pouches have been a game changer. It's 2021. Don't compromise when you're choosing your nicotine products. Go with the newest tobacco-free options from Lucy. Something to wrestle with, listeners. Go to lucy.co and use promo code wrestle to get 20% off your order of Lucy Slim Pouches or any other Lucy products. That's lucy.co and use the promo code wrestle at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains non-tobacco nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code Wrestle. I want to mention too from a um a developmental standpoint, Johnny Ace is involved with the promotion, and hypothetically, if he got a look at Chris Masters, what do you think he would say? Oh he's good and he cut
1: his hair. <laughs>
0: he, yeah. he, he used to have a joke about Vince's arms.
1: Oh, they're not nearly as big as Vince's
0: are. <laughs> you know, I do want to talk about I wouldn't his look. Waste my oil. I do want to talk about Chris's look and physique. Uh, unfortunately a lot of the OVW regulars start a little, uh, maybe a mean spirited chant. They're chanting steroids at him on a somewhat regular basis. And I don't know, man, I, I have a different, uh, I guess approach to this subject. I understand steroids are an issue in competitive sports and certainly in combat sports, but this is entertainment. I've always leaned under the idea that, Hey, if this is done under doctor supervision and whatnot, what business is it of ours? And it's not exactly the hot button issue. It was a generation ago with the whole Zahori and stuff and all that, but were performance enhancing drugs, something that was of paramount importance in no three or. Does that happen after the tragedies with Eddie and Benoit that it becomes really paramount again?
1: You know, I, I don't know, you know, what the priority was. It wasn't in talent relations at the time. And again, throughout time, throughout, you know, um, history, it's funny. I was just doing a, uh, kind of history lesson on on Steve Reeves and in bodybuilding in general and going through the different machinations of bodybuilding and how there's always been steroids has played a major part i think in bodybuilding uh, throughout the years from Arnold everybody in between but there's also been the if steroids were taboo, what else can you do? What else is out there? Right. Whether it be uh, human growth hormone or, or whatever supplements there are that, you know, you got the mad scientists out there that are always going to, okay, if you take this with this and you eat that and you do this and you do that and you train 15 minutes after you eat all of that, and then you go take a shit, it's going to make your arms huge. Yeah. There's a million and one of those. Right. So, I think that, you know, um, when you look that way, there are always going to be people that will make assumptions and, and come to their own conclusions without really having any knowledge of what it is and or what it isn't. So when you look at a guy like John Cena, who won, you know, many natural bodybuilding contests and has never tested positive for steroids in his life, and you watch the way that he trains and the way that he eats and the way that he lives his life, you go, okay, man, he's, there are those people. There are those people that can achieve that through eating the right foods at the right times. And and it's a science to them. So to say if I I went around the A to get to the T, I have no idea if masters was on steroids or not. Did he train a lot? Did he have that bodybuilder look? Absolutely.
0: I want to be clear. Um, I wasn't saying he was on it either. I'm just saying there were fans who were chanting it and sure. There's a lot of know-it-all fans who think they know everything. And I get that, but there's no doubt when you look at a guy like Chris masters, you know, then, or now, uh, he knows what he's eating. He knows when he's eating. He know how he knows how it's prepared. Yeah. uh, And he's working his ass off. I mean, it's not like you just, you get this magic shot and all of a sudden you're fucking Popeye. That's not reality.
1: Yeah, no, you got to tear your uh, bicep.
0: We, we, we got to tear your bicep from the shoulder to get that Popeye arm. Have we told that story yet? No. Listen, I wasn't going to talk about how you fell down the stairs and tore your butthole, or how you oh, tore no, your shoulder. No, 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 I don't know how I did this. A frozen shoulder, I think it was called. So
1: yeah, man, my shoulder was really bugging me bad, and I went to the doctor, and the doc says, "Yeah, man, no, it's a frozen shoulder. I got some injections." like right into the top of my shoulder and it relieved the pain, but I couldn't lift my arm up kind of beyond my shoulder height. And it was really, really bugging me. And I came home from TV late one night and I was in the bathroom and getting ready for bed. My wife looks at my arm and says, Oh my God, what did you do to your arm? And I'm like, what? And my whole, my entire, um, bicep and tricep was just the ugliest black and blue you'd ever want to see in your life. And I had no idea. It didn't hurt. Right. I had no idea what had happened. And so then I went and saw the doctor, uh, about a day later or two days later and I take my shirt off and I show the doctor and they just look at me and go, you tore your bicep. You just ripped it right off the bone. How'd you do that? And I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, you know, I've been training. I've been going to the gym. I've been a good boy. I'm doing my three days a week in the gym and I've been working out, but I didn't, I didn't do anything that felt that. So now I've got like the, the Popeye, the the bicep that kind of pops up there on my right arm anyway, but left arm
0: still the shits. At, at but, least you uh, can bushwhacker there for a little while. You weren't even a bushwhacker worth a day. Oh yeah. No, man. I can, I can go all walk. Look, look, look. How,
1: oh, wait a minute. We're not on TV, are we? No, but look, Look, it's way over my head and everything. I can do that. I couldn't do that
0: before. Well, so Chris, now
1: I got one of them arms and I ain't on no steroids.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of the guys here in OVW have uh, a lot of appreciation for what Chris has been able to do with his body so much so that as the story goes, Matt Morgan started referring to him as the masterpiece and Chris kind of liked that idea, so he sat down with Jim Cornette and explained the whole masterpiece name and what do you know that's how it happened this masterpiece chris masters persona what was the communication like when something like that happened in ovw creatively with the talent would that go through johnny ace or go through you or how would that be communicated up the ladder we you know we let ovw for the
1: most part create and be able to come up with things and try different creative approaches down there to see what would hit and what wouldn't. Sometimes we would use them. Sometimes we wouldn't. And, um, we watched the TV show and we saw the different guys and how they were progressing in their training and who was getting better and who wasn't. So that, that was it. I mean, that was all, but you look at them and the masterpiece name fit in perfectly.
0: what did you think when you saw the presentation of the masterpiece, the whole ring entrance, the music, the whole deal.
1: I actually, I thought it was great because again, it fit, it fit Chris. Yes. It was like, if you're going to look at him and, and you were going to chisel that statue, um, that's what you chisel. That would be your masterpiece.
0: I get from that standpoint, why people compared him to the narcissist persona of Lex Luger, similar in that regard, but not in any other way. Yeah,
1: pretty much just, and again, just from the, the bodybuilding physique.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's always a worry, you know, I would imagine that you're calling up someone too soon before they're ready. I mean, we've seen that happen over the years with a few guys where it's just too much too soon, which is a story. A lot of times in wrestling, were you concerned with Chris masters being so new to his wrestling career. I mean, there's a lot of guys like stone cold was a wrestler for what eight years before he really got a big break with the WWF. And now what do you know? Chris masters is going to be there before he can legally drink a beer. Well, let me give
1: you the, my philosophy on this in in general is that sometimes you're going to look at someone that may have it. They may be able to put everything together and perform and, and, and be, be that unique performer that you're looking for. If you go back in history and go to the early '90s through you know the mid2000s, I would venture to say, that every single talent that was brought up from development on first impression, when they were brought up was they're not ready. Right. Okay. They may not be ready, but you're never going to be ready for the show until you go to the show and find out. So that was always my philosophy. I I would agree. You know what? They're not ready. But can you get them ready? Can you accelerate this thing? Can you put some gas on it and um, find yourself a real experienced driver to be able to fine-tune that machine and and get it ready? You're only going to be able to do that in the show, and you can only go so far in developmental. And... So I would always, I would always go throw them back to that, you know, from edge and Christian and Val Venus, um, just go on down the list of every new talent that, that we brought up from the mid nineties and until, you know, to throw John Cena in there, you throw Brock Lesnar in there, Randy Orton, Batista, they're not ready. They're not ready. What are you doing? God, these guys are green as shit. Yes, they are. But if we don't go now, when are we going to go?
0: Yeah. It's the old Zig Ziglar. If we wait until all the lights are green to head to town, we'll never leave the house. Right. Yeah.
1: So you you just got to go sometimes. And and I I would share that on Chris. Yeah, he's young. Yes, he's green. But is he going to learn more up here or is he going to learn more down there?
0: All right. So here's the deal. You know, Bruce Prichard hadn't been with us for a few weeks, but, uh, that means he's also not keeping up with what I'm saying on the program. So let me just state in a loud and clear voice. Ginger is the official dog of something to wrestle. It's certainly not Roger or Dodger. Okay. I'll kidding aside, if you have a pet, they're a part of the family and fuzzy knows that nothing compares to coming home to a wiggly butt or waking up to soft purrs and we want to keep our pets healthy and make them as happy as they make us. Being a pet parent is a huge responsibility as our pets can't talk. We do our best to understand what's going on, but man, knowing something's up with them or their health and not understanding why is one of the greatest challenges of pet parenthood until now, until fuzzy fuzzy is a telehealth service for pet parents that offers 24/7 access to personalized pet care from veterinary professionals from everyday questions to middle of the night emergencies fuzzy has the answers that pet parents need through live chat and virtual vet consultations available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Fuzzy can answer your pet questions, big and small, urgent and every day. Fuzzy can also recommend the exact right products for your pet, all of which are handpicked by their established team of veterinary professionals and available at discounts exclusive to fuzzy members from getting your pet's diet just right to meeting those middle of the night needs. To finally figuring out what makes their breath smell that way, there's nothing too big or small for a quick fuzzy call. Right now, Fuzzy is offering our listeners a free seven-day trial, plus $20 off your first purchase of vet-recommended pet meds, supplements, treatments, and more. Go to yourfuzzy.com and use promo code Russell to get started. There's a free seven-day trial, plus $20 off your first purchase at y-o-u-r-f-u-z-z-y dot com using promo code wrestle that's your fuzzy.com promo code wrestle. Okay. So it's new year, new me and all that jazz, but I want to tell you about something that our friend of the show. Eric Bischoff has been telling me about for years it's Kratom. Now I have to admit, I had no idea what in the world Kratom was until a few years ago, but it turns out I'm way behind. You see Kratom is an all natural herb related to the coffee plant. That's been used in Thailand for centuries. Kratom helps energize your mind and relax your body. A lot of people say, it just helps me feel good. That has certainly been the way Eric Bischoff approaches it. Eric Bischoff actually uses this a lot of times before we record 83 weeks. Now, what I'm talking about, of course, is Super Speciosa. Super Speciosa only has one ingredient, pure Kratom leaf. And here's what we're talking about. This is going to allow you to focus. It certainly helps Eric focus. Whenever we're talking about granular details from 25 or 30 years ago, it gives him the opportunity to focus a great friend of the show. Cassio kid, he uses Kratom to relax. Uh, He thinks Kratom is a, a great alternative when he's looking to wind down at the end of the day, people use super speciosa for a lot of different reasons, but here's a few other ideas that you might find a need for super speciosa. Maybe you're looking for, I don't know, the extra courage to ask that special someone out on a date. Maybe you need the gumption to go ask your boss for a raise. Maybe you need to run that extra mile. Kratom is often used as a pre-workout and we recommend Super Speciosa. For beginners, we recommend capsules because they're easier to use. We also recommend the green strains. They are the most popular. By the way, I wanna mention if you've never tried Kratom before, Super Speciosa has a 100% satisfaction or your money back guarantee. We've recently made a change at Super Speciosa as well. The code I'm about to give you can be used again and again, and you're going to be able to use this code to continue to save money. How much money? Well, check this out. Try Kratom right now and get 20% off. Go to superleaf.com forward slash wrestle and get 20% off with the promo code wrestle. That's GetSuperLeaf.com forward slash Wrestle and use the promo code Wrestle for 20% off. You got to go check out Super Speciosa. I want to mention these statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But buddy, they've been using Kratom for centuries in Thailand, and it's about time you did. And we recommend Super Speciosa at GetSuperLeaf.com forward slash wrestle. So he's brought up to some house shows. He's teaming with Matt Morgan against the Basham brothers, the Dudleys, and even get some dark match wins at TV over the likes of Funaki and Val Venus towards the end of four, um, from the observer, as I suspected the minute they saw masters at TV, they'd bring him up a year too early. And I hear it's most likely for raw and just a few weeks away. It's getting pretty good now when I predict the mistakes a month before they do them. But then again, I did say every way they could botch up the invasion angle before the angle ever got started, and they did everything I expected and worse, including spending the money I figured they'd eventually spend for Bischoff, Flair, and Goldberg a year later and botching their potential even after botching the invasion. So, what do you know? Uh, Meltzer, Nostradamus, predicted that uh, this was going to be a mistake. I don't know that it was though. I don't know that it was either. Let's talk about it, something else. He here, an incident involving Bob Holly and Renee Dupree at the November 20th, SmackDown house show in Syracuse should result in a suspension or termination of Holly's career with the company, but it seems likely that won't be the end result. The description of the incident is that during a Dupree and Kenzo Suzuki tag tag match under hardcore rules with Holly and Charlie Haas with no apparent provocation Midway through the match, Holly smashed Dupree with a ridiculously hard, hard chair shot to the head, which left the chair dented. Dupree was laying in a fetal position next to the ring with Holly hitting him time after time with legitimate all out punches. When Holly got up off Dupree, Dupree's left eye was badly swollen. Shut Dupree went to get his title belt and walked off while at the same time, Suzuki pinned Haas to win the match. The timing of this seemed to indicate either it was one of those internal punishment deals that everyone, but the victim was aware of ahead of time. Holly then came after Dupree again, and Dupree ran to the dressing room with Holly chasing him, neither Suzuki or Haas left. The agent fit Finley came out and started talking to security about what happened. There were also reports of Holly going after Dupree a second time backstage undertaker who is SmackDown's unofficial leader went to bat, defending Holly. And in some circles, there was the attitude that Holly was just taking care of company business Dupree is largely disliked in the locker room. And there was a feeling he had screwed up so many times that this was his punishment, all this makes perfect sense within the mentality that a lot of wrestling has had forever, which is another, another example of how internally there is a really screwed up and outdated about the mores of this business. However, at the November 23rd, SmackDown tapings, Holly worked a dark match. And had to put over the developmental wrestler, Chris masters, who was expected to be called up to one of the main rosters within weeks Dupree with his eye, looking a mess worked a SmackDown match, losing to Rey Mysterio. So a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think we've talked about the Holly Dupree thing a lot. It was uh, a personal issue between the two of them. Uh, he clearly took it too far. Uh, it is rather old school, but it is what it is. But it's an interesting story that dovetails nicely here because Rene Dupree was another guy who was brought up really, really young, had a great look, and now if I'm Chris masters thinking, wait a minute, he just beat up the new guy, the young guy. And now I'm the even younger guy. I don't know about this, but Chris masters perhaps as quote unquote punishment, whatever that means gets the win. I got to think if I'm Chris masters and I see what's going on with Rene Dupree, I'm pretty fucking nervous about this opportunity now
1: again, you know, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum, uh, before, and I I don't remember the incident at all, but I think that, you know, masters had nothing to be nervous about.
0: Well, it's just a lot for a young person. You know, I'm getting ready for my TV debut. This is my big chance. And I take a look at another guy who's similar age and I'm like, Oh Lord. And then how about this? The first vignette of the masterpiece, Chris masters, airs on January 10th, 2005 on Monday night, raw at this point. Do you think you guys already had the master lock like figured out? Hey, here's what, here's going to be his finish. Here's what we're going to call it. All that jazz.
1: I believe so. Yeah. I think that, you know, when we were looking at him just in general, and you look at a finish, what, what's something that someone can do to everybody in the master lock is a damn, first of all, have you ever been putting a full Nelson? It's no um, joke. It's real. Yeah. And master just doing it. The, you know, I think every time that you look at it, the, the viewpoint is one of Ken Patera used to do a swinging, uh, full Nelson impressive as hell. Ken Patera was also one of the strongest men in the world mm. had ungodly strength. And, not everybody could do that, be able to, to carry the momentum of someone's weight and do that spinning full Nelson the way that he did. But, you know, you I, I remember that as a kid. I remember that as an adult, just, you know, watching Kenny do that and think, holy cow, man, that is impressive. Um, but it was something that the masters could do to everybody. And it's an impressive
0: finish. And it was an old school move that has been around forever. Uh, I get it. And as a kid, man, as silly as it sounds, I loved that whole warlord Davy Boy Smith thing about who had the best full Nelson and obviously Chris Masters brought it back here. And I think even Bobby Lashley uses it now, right? Absolutely. So I wanted to ask about, you know, these vignettes and the presentation and all that jazz. He winds up on raw, not SmackDown. Again, I don't know shit about wrestling. I'm just a fan. I'm asking questions. If you've got a young guy Hasn't been in the business a long time. Why wouldn't he lean towards SmackDown, which more often than not in this era is not live? It's taped. I get that Raw is the A show, but it is live, live. So if there is something, a bit of a snafu that you need to clean up, he has the benefit of it being a taped show to help him out as a young person.
1: Again, you know, it's a lot of times it's sink or swim and you get thrown into the deep end.
0: Does it come down to just roster placement? Like we need a heel here, we need a baby there. Sometimes. Yes. Okay. You know, and, and again, th-
1: there were some considerations taken in to account, but for the most part it's you're good enough to go or you're not.
0: So, uh, he finally debuts on February 21st, 2005, by the way, I can't believe this was 17 years ago. I mean, Chris masters is still wrestling still looks great. And this was 17 years ago. It goes to show you dude was 20 or something silly. Like what? Uh, but it's in state college PA he's going to, uh, make his debut by exiting a limo where he sees Ric Flair and tells him to watch his match. So he could learn something about wrestling, which obviously tells you that he's going to be a cocky, arrogant, over the top heel. And Meltzer would say when the night was over that turned into 2005's most comical line, uh, the reason for that is in masters debut match against Stevie Richards, he hits him with the Polish hammer. And breaks his orbital bone before beating him with the master lock Meltzer would write: masters. Didn't get over a lick. He showed no charisma and didn't appear to be near ready. It was readily acknowledged by almost everyone that this was a flop after all the hype. Well, it isn't as if we haven't said that over and over that he was coming up a year early. They were also having to do with, uh, steroids that will come across as encouraging use, but honestly, everyone watching was thinking the same thing. In the videos, people were expecting Lex Luger, and he came out and he just looked like every other tall musclehead who isn't ready to bring it, uh, except he had no tattoos. So I don't know about the commentary, but breaking C.V. Richards' orbital bone, maybe not the best first impression for the locker room. Fair to say?
1: No, it's never a good idea to, to injure someone on your. First match in or any match for that matter.
0: But if you've had a thousand matches with these guys, then you get a, maybe there's more benefit of the doubt, but the first one in now it's like, fuck that. Right. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, fair or unfair. It's someone gets injured. That's just not, not a good thing and not a good look. So it's, um, no, it wasn't a great, wasn't a great first impression. And again, I think everybody knew that going in. Yeah. And you're, you're hoping for the best, you know, it's a work in progress and you've got to do the
0: best that you can do. Let me So Bruce, let's pick up where we left off there. Uh, when he comes back through the curtain, he being Chris masters pronoun pal, uh, he's gotta be disappointed. He knows this didn't go well. He know that he knows the audience wasn't exactly thrilled. And unfortunately neither is Stevie Richards. How does he handle that? That's a lot of stress for a new guy on his first day to come back through the curtain,
1: man. I think it's nerves. I think it's, you know, a lot of it is he knew he fucked up. Yeah. So it's, it's feeling bad is again, the intent, you know, is never to injure your opponent. You're out there. You give someone your body, so you trust them and you have to have trust for anybody to want to work with you. And first impressions are. A big deal. You know, you got one chance to make a first impression. So it wasn't a good night for Chris. At The same time. I think that, uh, most people wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. And, right. and look, you knew it wasn't going to be a home run, but you just got to continue to work. And unfortunately, Stevie was the recipient of, of that first fucked up night,
0: you know, I know something about you. I know why you listen to this podcast. You listen to this podcast because you grew up watching wrestling and you probably grew up eating sugary cereal. Lord knows I did because man, on a Saturday morning, there was nothing better than plopping down with a big bowl of uh, my favorite cereal and turning on superstars and then checking out what was going on on those WCW syndicated shows. Saturday was all about professional wrestling and cereal. Now here's the thing. Eventually we all sort of grow out of it. Hell, I even grew out of wrestling for a little bit. But I had to eventually give up cereal as well, until Magic Spoon. You see, Magic Spoon made me realize that I don't have to necessarily give up one of my favorite snacks, one of my favorite little guilty pleasures, and I don't have to feel so guilty when I enjoy Magic Spoon. It's not full of sugar. It has zero grams of sugar. It has 13 to 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. In fact, Magic Spoon only has 140 calories per serving, and check this out. It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free, but it's not taste free. You can build your own box and get a variety pack available with flavors like cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. Now our old pal double J he's a big frosted fan, the evil genius, Dave Silva, he loves to combine cocoa and peanut butter. It tastes just like a peanut butter cup. There's something for everybody in this variety pack. You got to try it for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab your delicious cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout and you'll save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next bowl of delicious guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash wrestle and use the promo code Wrestle to save $5 off. Thanks Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode and an awesome breakfast that's actually good for us. It's magicspoon.com Wrestle. Hey, real quick—it'll just take thirty seconds. Go to ConradReviews.com. I know what you're thinking—you hear my commercials for I can help you save money at SaveWithConrad.com, and you think that's too good to be true. We've got over 500 reviews. We're averaging a 4.69 review, and it's all because we know how to make saving money fast and easy. Don't take my word for it. Check out the reviews from all over the country for yourself. And then find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. with Conrad.com NMLS number six, five, zero, eight, four equal housing lender, save with Conrad.com. So chat me up about the, um, the protocol. When a guy gets hurt like this, we fans have always heard that you you try to check on that guy and follow up with that guy and you got to handle it a certain way. Just mind your P's and Q's in wrestling. As far as you know, he tried to do the right thing by Stevie
1: as far as I know, yeah. Yeah. I you know, as best I can remember, and I, and I don't, you know, specifically remember exactly what the hell happened after that match and sure. whatever the hell year it was, but I'm I'm sure that he did the right thing and was cognizant of what the hell he did.
0: I'm just saying if you're a new guy and you're the young guy and they know that you're relatively young in your wrestling career, there's probably gonna be a certain amount of ball busting in the locker room anyway. But after this phew, the volume is turned up. Uh, when is the thought well, you're
1: pro- going to get guys that are going to also be telling you, you know, uh, every time that you go out, just reassuring, making sure you know what the hell you're doing and, and doing whatever they can to make it right.
0: Um, when do you remember the thought process of having masters be the guy who doesn't have his submission move broken, set in place? Like, was that the idea from day one? Like who can break the master's lock or nobody can break the master lock. Or when do you come to, does that just happen organically?
1: Yeah, it does. You know, as you begin, um, it just depends. I mean, you know, really really depends, but I think it just kind of happened organically, big guy, you know, different ways to get them over. And, and you kind of figure
0: it out. I do like something that you did in this era where you had not just the performers, not just WWE wrestlers who are participating in this, but now fans in the crowd, of course they're plants, but still that's old school fun. Nobody can break this. Not even that guy. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, it goes back to you know, stole it from, obviously it's been done all over the place with, with different holds and different things, but, uh, the Sergeant slaughter Cobra clutch challenge. Right you know, Pat Patterson finally, you know, being, being the one to fight out of it and do all of that shit. So it was a different way. It hadn't been done in years, different way to get somebody over.
0: So masters finds himself being in a big spot at WrestleMania 21, being the last man eliminated by Booker T in the pre-show battle Royal. Uh, so no, he didn't win the thing. And yes, it's the pre-show, but still considering how early he is in his career, this means the company has some confidence in him and at backlash show five, he's going to have his first appearance on an actual pay-per-view he's going to put, uh, Melissa Coates from the crowd in the master lock challenge Coates at the time was in OVW. Uh, she's the former wife or girlfriend or fiance or what have you of Sabu. And sadly she passed away in 2021, but she had a phenomenal bodybuilder look and of course masters beats her too. What a great way to make this guy a villain. Now it's not just fans. It's a female fan. That's good stuff, man.
1: What a chicken shit nasty <laughs> old bastard. I love
0: it. It's like, uh, Andy Kaufman meets a body, it's tremendous. And, uh, masters is even offering a thousand dollars. If you can get out of the master lock and it winds well, up. God getting...
1: damn, nobody's going to believe if he offered any more than a thousand dollars kentucky that's a lot of fucking money, motherfucker. Well
0: that's what I wanted to say. It eventually got as high as twenty thousand, but that feels like a Jim Cornetism, right? Like thousand dollars.
1: No, it's just where we started, but I I do always go back to the to the Tracy Smothers, Chris Candido Ladder match Yeah, hundred and fifty dollars on a check hanging above the ring type thing, but well, $35 in a, uh, buy one, get one free pizza coupon
0: in fairness. You can go too far the other way. Jim Crockett promotions used to have the bunkhouse battle Royals or whatever. There'd be 30 guys in there and they're going to wrestle for, you know, the winner gets 25 grand, but they do it every night in towns where they drew 1800,
1: Well, it costs a thousand dollars to enter Conrad.
0: Oh, I see. So you're good. You made a profit on that deal. Yeah. So master starts a feud with the big show. With the story and the idea being there's no way he can put that hold on show. He's too big, but it never really has a payoff because masters keeps ducking show what was supposed to be the payoff. It doesn't feel like it ever really pays off. Did you guys just lose interest with somebody injured Did somebody not like it, or was it not really possible to put it on the big bastard?
1: I don't know that it was actually possible to put it on the big bastard, but, uh, you know, the initial. Thought was that obviously the big show would be the one guy that he couldn't get it on, therefore it was like, okay, well, he didn't break it, so technically, he never broke it, but then Masters
0: could never get it on him either. Well, check this out coming out of SummerSlam 05, where we just discussed not too long ago, Shawn Michaels losing to Hulk Hogan. Chris is going to be programmed with Shawn Michaels, and he's going to say that Shawn has passed his prime. Buddy, this is a big step up for a guy who's never even had a singles match on pay-per-view and now he's working with Shawn Michaels is the idea thinking, Hey man, Shawn can help get this kid over and help get him the rub.
1: Absolutely. Good Lord. You can't learn something being in the ring with Shawn Michaels. Then there's no hope.
0: Uh, masters and Carlito begin what feels like their company long relationship, or maybe even lifelong at this point. They're going to team up on raw to take on Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, and they get 20 minutes in the main event in Tampa on August 29th, where masters makes Flair submit to the full Nelson. Think about that Carlito and Chris masters against Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels and masters gets Flair to submit like that's top guy. heel stuff right there, man. You can't throw any more attention than you could right there. Right?
1: Absolutely. And Flair couldn't handle the
0: master lock. Well, who could, uh, it's announced that
1: exactly, exactly nobody was able to, <laughs> uh,
0: it's announced that Shawn Michaels is indeed going to accept the master lock challenge. And of course it ends when masters keeps avoiding Sean, hitting him with a low block to, uh, break the hold and smashing him in the face with a chair, leaving Shawn Michaels bloody on raw. And it's all to set up a pay-per-view showdown unforgiven at this point, masters has not lost or been pinned on television. And if you're getting him in there with one of your top baby faces and bloodying him up, man, that's uh pretty big time stuff. Unfortunately, the pay-per-view did not go his way, but they got plenty of time. 16 minutes and 44 seconds. Meltzer gave it three stars. He says one could argue that Michaels didn't need the win and masters didn't need to have his winning streak broken. And if masters was getting over, I'd agree with that. Because at this point Michaels didn't ever have to win, but unlike with Ric flair, there is no point in trivializing Michael's losses to where everyone gets to beat him. If masters was being set up for a title opportunity, he should have won, but he's going nowhere and Shawn Michaels will be on top forever. Masters put on the master lock before the bell and got an advantage. It was released and the match started. Michael's did a good job with him, but not a world-class job. Michaels did do a uh, dive to the floor masters rammed Michaels into the ring post twice and started working on the back masters, put Michaels in the torture rack, Ross said it was shades of superstar Billy Graham. Did he use that as a finisher? I guess Lex Luger is a band name, particularly when masters is on because everyone makes the comparison and Luger's career turned out to be such a flop after opportunity after opportunity. Plus McMahon hates him as do most people in wrestling these days masters ended up with a bloody nose masters tries the master lock again but michaels gives him a low blow and then came off the top rope with an elbow masters came back and finally got the master lock michaels tried twice to kick off the ropes to break the hold but it didn't work until finally jumping over the top rope for a rope break masters went to put the move on again but Michaels slipped away and nailed him with the sweet chin music and that's all she wrote so some really uh I don't know, harsh words about Lex Luger, who these days is maybe the nicest human that you'll ever meet.
1: Yeah. I, I was going to say that because, you know, for, for many years, uh, I wasn't a big fan of Lex and, you know, I'll go back you go back to our Lex express show and everything. And, and even years after that, I wasn't, wasn't a big fan of Lex. And then in a convention at some point, uh, Lex and I were able to, to kind of get together and talk and. Lex is a different, yes. you know, he's a different human being, and it happens. And you can't hold on, God, you can't hold on to grudges, you can't hold on to to things, um, forever. I'm holding on to a few. <laughs>
0: okay, you got the I'm master lock. My God, i have held on to a couple of them. You got the master lock on those grudges.
1: Yeah. But you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm, I'm getting up there and, uh, for the most part, man, uh, it's, it's not even worth it, but I'm glad that Lex kind of turned his life around and he's not the same person that he was that people disliked.
0: Let me ask you in hindsight, should masters have won here? I mean, in reality, it means a lot to him. It wouldn't have mattered all that much to Sean to lose, or do you think you guys were ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak?
1: No, not at all. But I also think that at the same time it was the right thing for Sean to win. It also at some point you have to teach someone how to lose too. Yeah. It it goes back to when I think of people sending in tapes and all this shit. They'll always send you, you know, highlights and high spots and things that they do well and they never lose. Yeah. I always, I always would be very impressed when I would get a tape sometimes. And, uh, the guy's showing me how they do a job and how they, how they lose, because that says just as much about someone as winning.
0: Yeah. I remember folks way before you were, uh, back in the wrestling business, you and I had that conversation when I was like, Hey, what do you look for? And you said, not a bunch of highlights, not a bunch of spots. Let me see you make a guy. You know, and that's really the magic of the biz, but I think sometimes that's lost on even some of the folks who were putting on the show. Yeah. So even with the loss, this is a big opportunity. I mean, it's a one-on-one pay-per-view match with Sean Michaels and it's a long match, you know, especially for him and his, at this point, 1644. Um, after the match, I mean, what do you remember the reaction being? Was Sean happy? Was Vince happy? Was, was Chris happy?
1: I think it was obviously the best match Chris ever had. So I think there was at least hope that, okay, you know, with the right leader in there, that Chris can follow him. Maybe we can get something out of him.
0: So after this, Sounds good Masters is going to invade SmackDown in the run up to Survivor Series, but we have an interesting set of circumstances. Masters is to team with Edge and take on two of five SmackDown wrestlers voted on Taboo Tuesday. Edge ends up dropping out and is replaced with Gene Snitsky. Now there's an option for a SmackDown wrestler to team with Rey Mysterio to take on the team, and it's between Matt Hardy and Christian, and Matt Hardy gets the win. I bring this up because it's Christian's last appearance for the company before leaving for TNA. Um. Any memories of this Christian leaving for greener pastures no, here?
1: Well, first of all, uh, no one knew that Christian was going to TNA. Christian just had not re-signed and was going to take some time off to get himself together. His contract was up and I think there was still hope that, uh, Christian wouldn't leave. I see. So it's has kind of six and one half dozen the other.
0: So masters winds up losing the Mysterio in the match. And to me as an outsider, as a fan, it felt like Chris Master's stock within the company was dropping, considering he's teaming with Gene Snitsky and I'm not trying to disparage Snitsky, but Lord knows it wasn't his fault, but he was right there to lose and take care of that. I mean, now masters has lost twice and not just one time, but it didn't feel like Snitsky had any momentum at this point. Am I wrong?
1: Well, same thing. I think that, you know, losing doesn't end your career. If you know right. how to lose and you can get people over, then that's a very valuable asset.
0: Well, how about this? It's not over with masters gets his first main event at survivor series on the raw side against SmackDown. It's Shawn Michaels, Chris masters, Carlito, and the tag team champions, which is big show and Kane. And they're going to be taking on the SmackDown team of Batista, Randy Orton, uh, JBL, Bobby Lashley and Ray Mysterio. Mysterio winds up pinning Masters and SmackDown wins the match. And I would say it feels like he's stalling out, but to your point, can't win every night. So the next night on Raw, he's actually a part of the main event again. But boy, is it some stiff competition! John Cena and Kurt Angle in a three-way. So as you may have guessed, Chris is going to submit to John Cena's STFU, which is Cena's debut of the move. But the whole point of putting Masters in this is because he's a submission guy and so was Kurt, right? And so now Cena can show off his new submission move. I kinda like
1: that. That's good stuff. Exactly. And you're you know, you're looking at it was also established submissions with Kurt in the ankle lock, masters with the master lock, and it was a way for Cena to show, okay, hey, I'm not a just a brawler and I've got a submission move as well.
0: There's an interesting thing that happens in this era with raw. I want to bring this up. It's the trial of Eric Bischoff upon being called to testify on the stand for Bischoff's defense. He's asked to give his name, which he does and says, I'm Chris masters. And then he is immediately accused of perjury and disqualified as a witness. And McMahon, I guess, quote unquote, breaks K and says, your real name is Chris Mordetsky. That's kind of fun, but a little silly. I mean, what do you think of that in hindsight? Would you have done that again? I don't know. I didn't like it then. So I I probably still don't like it now. Uh, from there it's time for, uh, him to win a spot at the new year's revolution Oh six elimination elimination chamber match. Uh, the show is on his 23rd birthday, which is quite an accomplishment. Him and Carlito have been working together until Masters puts on the master lock on Cena and Carlito hits him with a low blow, rolls him up, and eliminates him. Cena's gonna survive, but this is that classic edge cash in show. Man, what a moment that was. But Masters and Carlito working together constantly, is this a directive that these guys just like each other or you're hoping that they're both young and they can help elevate each other? Why did the office put them together so often?
1: Well, first of all, they were friends and they did have chemistry. So being a tag team, I think was a natural for them. And it was being able to put Chris in, in the ring with somebody who did have some experience like Carlito that could lead him and help him out.
0: So masters and Carlito are going to be put together as the masters of cool to take on big show and Kane. They're going to be the tag team champions at WrestleMania 23. They open the show, but take the loss when big show choke slams and pins Carlito. And after the match, Carlito and masters are going to argue. And the next night on raw Carlito actually turns babyface, And uh, of course, Chris masters is still a heel and that leads to a match at backlash. They get nine minutes and 53 seconds and Meltzer kind of dug it. He gave it three stars. Uh, of course, Carlito gets the win. As I said, and Carlito is over strong as a face. Dave says, and this match delivered better than expected. At one point, Carlito got masters in the full Nelson, but masters broke it. Carlito did a pescado dive early masters did a whiplash power bomb into the turnbuckles at another point, Carlito grabbed the apple through it, distracting masters who looked at the apple and hit a low drop kick. Carlito delivered a moonsault block off the top rope, but masters was out of position and it didn't look good. The finish saw Carlito use the, the backcracker, which is the lung blower and put his feet on the ropes for the pin three stars. So. At this point, is this more a vote of confidence that Carlito, we see more upward mobility than masters. I mean, in the end of the day, the result is two friends having one hell of a great match, right?
1: Yeah, they did. And I think more than anything, it was looking at Carlito as a baby entity and putting the stock in Carlito Carlito had been a heel since he had come in. And this was an opportunity to kind of, let's see what, what we got in Carlito at this point.
0: Let's take a time out here. And while we normally have a lot of fun on this show, this is a pretty serious topic life insurance, specifically Goliath life insurance. Let me give you a pro tip. We're all going to die. So before you get a visit from The Undertaker, think just for a second about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. With life insurance from GoliathLife.com, what we're really talking about is protecting what you've worked so hard to provide for both you and, more importantly, your family. You see, life insurance, isn't about you. It's about those who matter the most to you. Sure. You do a great job taking care of them now, but who would do that? If something awful happened to you, I just lost two friends in the last year and a half, one 42 with two kids, the other 46 who left behind a wife and three kids, thank God they had insurance and Hey, I hear you. Nobody wants to think or talk about life insurance, but think about this. You might not get in a car accident. But you have auto insurance. You might not get sick, but you have health insurance. So we'll protect our car and we'll even protect ourselves from like crazy medical bills. But will we protect our family? That's what life insurance means to me peace of mind. Goliathlife.com streamlines the life insurance purchase process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers all at the same time and at the same place. Goliathlife.com. You'll do a fast and easy application and have multiple quotes within minutes. And oh, by the way, goliathlife.com has solutions for every budget and maybe best of all, you pick your terms and payments at goliathlife.com. Once you pick your price, you can start the online application immediately. And check this out. You can even schedule the medical exam to happen in your home. You don't even have to leave the house to do this. And yes, I have done this. They sent someone to my office. It was fast. It was easy. And it was unlike anything I expected. I got to skip the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations, and even the multiple visits to the doctor's office that we all hate so much. Goliathlife.com makes buying life insurance simple. Goliathlife.com promises no hidden fees, no upsell, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliathlife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home. And begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. Behind the scenes, I'm wondering if any of Chris Masters, uh, I think the word in wrestling is demons, are coming to a head. I asked because on Raw on May 22nd, Chris is going to lose to up by the uh, STFU. And then Masters is off TV after this. And it was reported that he wound up in rehab. Maybe he was struggling with some painkillers. Did you ever talk to Chris about his out of the ring issues or concerns in this era?
1: I didn't, but you know, they were evident unfortunately. And is, you know, oftentimes anything that, uh, you know, substance abuse and your demons coming out that it, it takes its toll. It it just takes its toll. And unfortunately it kind of grabbed a hold of Chris during this point. And best thing for him to do was go away.
0: Do you think it was, uh, too much too soon? Was he just, is this a maturity issue? Does he have a lot of injuries? How do you think we went? I mean, nobody really knows ever, but from your perspective,
1: I think it was too much too soon. And I think that it was being around things that, uh, well, Hey, I'll try that all the cool kids are doing it. And I, I just think that, uh. It grabbed a hold of him, and as as it will do. And Chris just couldn't, really couldn't control those demons.
0: When he comes back to TV, he looks much leaner and smaller. He's obviously healthy, but it's certainly not the same masters that went away coming back. Do you think, in hindsight, him losing so much of the size hurt him, or was he doing what was best for him, and the company supported that?
1: Uh, the company definitely supported him. I think that this is me, uh, surmising what I think. And I think that in Chris's head that he wasn't the same Mm. with, you know, a little bit different physique.
0: And I don't know that Chris had fully accepted it at that point. He didn't feel like himself. Maybe you're saying correct. So he winds up putting over super crazy when he returns, which I guess shows you where he is on the pecking order since he left with Cena, and he's back with super crazy, it takes Jerry Lawler getting in the ring with him for him to actually get a win. Uh, and the step is that Lawler is handcuffed to the top rope. So it's not exactly the makings of a big time heel. Uh, do you think there were some, some folks who maybe were not a fan of his behind the scenes politically?
1: I think that there was still a question as to whether or not, you know, Chris really had control and you have to test the waters. You got to make sure that they're okay before you are really going to invest your money. We did that once. And now you've just got to really make sure before you go into something that you're not completely 100%. Are they going to be okay? Is this the guy that I thought I was going to get before?
0: So I want to mention, uh, Eric Bischoff's book comes out around this and, and you probably know where I'm going with this. The book is controversy creates cash. And there's a skit on raw where masters is talking to Bischoff about the book. And now he was a WCW fan, and then what do you know? He's interrupted by Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Meltzer would write, Masters came in and talked to Bischoff saying he was thinking of writing a book of his own on nutrition. And then Triple H said, Hey, they should call it How to Lose Fifty Pounds in Four Weeks. Frozen. The poor guy gets off stuff, goes from a pushed guy to a laughing stock jobber, and then they make fun of his physique. I I really I, I remember that moment. I mean, it is a top five memory of mine with Chris's just because I can't remember a time where I saw something on TV and wondered where's the money in that, why would they do that? Like it just feel it's not going to lead to a big program with Hunter and Sean, it just feels fucking mean spirited. Am I wrong?
1: Yeah. I, I don't think it was the best thing to do in hindsight being 2020. 20, wouldn't do it again
0: is this, uh, guys having fun and taking it too far and maybe nobody pulled them back in.
1: Yeah. My opinion. I think that's exactly what it was. I just think it was again, it's, you get caught up in the moment sometimes and do things that are, you think cute or funny in the moment and not always the best choice,
0: especially when you're trying to encourage guys to, you know, be healthy and all that, and and there was this stigma once upon a time. Oh, the WWF's the land of the giants, and then you see that on TV, and you just kind of shake your head. But it is what it is. Master sort of floats around uh, on the card until March nineteenth, uh, when in the run up for Lashley versus Umaga at WrestleMania, Lashley finally breaks the full Nelson after two years, and this is probably the last major thing that Chris does here. But man, that. That maneuver not being broken for two years. That's a cool story. And in hindsight, Lashley's the guy who did it. And now <laughs> Lashley's using the move on TV full circle, huh? There you go. See how things come around. Hey, what's old is new again. Uh, masters has drafted a SmackDown. Uh, of course that always happened right after WrestleMania, but unfortunately wound up failing a wellness test and he was suspended for 30 days. Uh, was Chris in bad shape here or was this just a slip up?
1: I think that I, I think Chris was in bad shape. I think that Chris just wasn't able to, to really cope and, and during that time. And thank God he's, he's gotten his life back on track now, at least as far as I know. And it, it's just a shame because you have young talent that allow, you know, drugs are a horrible thing, man. They, they really are. I, I, I've been there, done that. I got the t-shirt. I got a couple of them and it, it's sad whenever you see someone with the, the potential and the gifts that Chris had that allow something to grab a hold of them like that. And, and that that's really tough to watch sometimes, but you, they have to see it and they have to a- allow themselves to get help.
0: I also want to mention, This is all really happening at perhaps the height of the opioid epidemic here in America. I mean, never before have we had access to what we have. Has it been prescribed as freely as it has. And originally it was labeled as, oh, it's not that bad. And before you know it, Kylie, it hurt a lot of folks personally, professionally, financially, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, there's some great documentaries out there about this Uh, either way. He returns in October and winds up getting his elbow dislocated in a match before he once again fails a wellness policy. This time it's going to be a 60 day suspension, but ultimately he's released six days later at this point, was it just time for him to pull the nose up a little bit and come back when he was ready?
1: It was, I think that it was, it was time for him to go away. And some people say, learn a new hold and, and get his stuff together.
0: You know, they say in any area of life, especially when it comes to success or entertainment or, I mean, business, anything, timing is everything. Do you think Chris Masters would have been someone who would have benefited from the NXT system uh, as compared to the OVW system?
1: Oh, God, definitely. I think that that would have been able to enable him to at least be in the machine a little bit more, the actual machine.
0: Um, Did you keep in touch with Chris after his release? Were you guys friendly? Did y'all spend any time together? I know he loves the podcast, but I don't know what your relationship was with him.
1: You know, I I ran into Chris uh, a few years after at an event in Houston, and we went out afterwards, a bunch of people went out, and I had the opportunity to sit down and have a couple of drinks with him and just talk to him. And it was there that I saw, you know, a, a completely different guy. I think that he had gotten control of uh at least the pills and and he seemed to have his head on his shoulders and i think that he had also come to the realization that maybe it was too much too soon too early in his lifetime so that maturity and being able to see that and realize it and understand it said a lot to me that he had grown since the last time i'd been around him uh, internally and I've seen him, you know, through the years at different autograph signings and different shows through the years. So I think that he has, I think he's done all right for himself.
0: So you wound up leaving the company in 08, he does return in no nine, but he's not really pushed or highlighted very much. He's there for a couple of years, but doesn't really do much of note. Uh, he does come to TNA when you had your brief run in 2018 there. Uh, how did he look? Did you get to spend any time with Chris here in 2018?
1: Yeah, I thought he looked great. And I thought, you know, it was one of those situations where you look at him and go, man, if only you'd, you know, come five years later,
0: I think he would have been all right. Or maybe 20 years sooner. Uh, that's what I wanted to ask. I mean, do you think if Chris was not making his debut, say, in 05, but it was 85, good Lord, right? Good Lord. Yes. I think he would have been a huge star.
1: Was there Still something? Still would have needed the maturity.
0: Oh, for sure. Now, that's something that, you know, I don't think. When people talk about Chris masters, I think they just forget how young he was, uh, and you know, the trappings of success when you're that young on TV every week, got more money than you've ever had. Uh, you're built like a Greek God. You're going to get a lot of opportunities and attention and distractions. And it's hard to be a world traveler and famous and well to do financially. That's a lot of pressure for a young person
1: it's a lot of pressure for anybody and you add youth and, and immaturity to it. And just being, being out, I mean, imagine being out traveling the world at 20 years old with a bunch of grown ass, uh, crazy men.
0: And every bar you go to, somebody knows you and is either trying to, you know, buy you a drink or fight you or, I mean, it's a mess. Um, in hindsight, do you think there was something Chris could have done differently to ensure success?
1: again, I I think that in the case of Chris, I think that it was just timing more than anything, I want to miss timing and poor
0: choices. We, uh, we wound up picking Chris because as we said, tomorrow, as you're listening to this is his birthday and all these years later, he's just now 39. I mean, when Flair won the rumble, he was in his forties. So there's still a lot of, uh, life left in Chris masters. He's still wrestling to this day. Uh, I believe he is uh, carrying some hardware for the NWA, uh, but uh, his handle, if you want to follow him on Twitter, is at Chris Adonis, and uh, you can keep up with all that he's doing there. I do want to mention we had tons of fan questions. This was a really popular uh, topic when it came for us asking for questions. Let's do a few here. Uh, ad-free show, Slapnut Jordan wants to know: Was giving Chris Masters a world title run ever a real consideration? I think a lot of people automatically saw him as a top guy, just based on the physique. And I'm sure you've seen it over the years. There's that funny meme of Vince McMahon, where he's taking a look at, I believe it was Trish sort of undressing herself and his eyes bug out of his head. And then he flips over. But when Chris was posing and he hits the different poses, they would show Vince's reaction like that. Like he was so impressed with his physique. I think that's a natural thing. Like I could see Vince giving the big speech. God damn! I could see you at WrestleMania on the poster, that sort of thing. Right?
1: I think that anytime you look at a talent, you have to view the potential of what they could be. And in looking at Chris, I could tell you from my vantage point that I would look at the potential of him being a WWE
0: champion. So yeah. Uh, ad free shows, top guy, Arturo wants to know, did Vince ever challenge, uh, masters to a lifting competition? That's kind of funny because we've heard that Vince would push himself and, Sometimes even like I want to I want to wrestle Kurt Angle and just nonsense. Did he ever try to do anything like that with Chris that you know of? You'd kill him, Vince. <laughs> uh, Ad-free show. Slapnut David wants to know what was Chris Masters' reaction when he was working with Shawn Michaels in a feud. Was he excited to be working with such a legend at a young age? I mean, this feels like a guy that he would have grown up, you know, watching and sort of hero worshipping, and now he has a chance to work a match with him.
1: I think it was a combination of excitement, nerves, and just overall intimidation.
0: Here's your type of question from uh, AdFree ad free shows. My push member, Chris, who's Nelson was fuller warlord or masters. It's the full Nelson. Get God it. Damn. That... See, I get it. That's, that's your kind of fuller. shit right there. You fuller. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So whose was fuller. God damn it.
1: Uh, superstar. Ken Patera had the fullest fullness. All right,
0: so Ken Patera number one, Chris Masters two, Lashley three, Warlord four. Or you got Lashley ahead of Masters. I got Lashley. Lashley ahead of Masters. Yeah, of course you do. Scary. Uh, Ad free show. Slap nut. Eddie wants to know were any superstars or legends (laughs) considered to take on the Master Lock Challenge? They either refused or didn't work out. Now that's interesting. Because in this same era, you're doing the legend killer thing. So you're bringing back some greats that could have been entertaining. Bring yeah, back... I want a
1: Sergeant Slaughter to do it.
0: That would have been fun.
1: Yeah. And, and actually I want Sarge to do it. I want a to do it. Or what would Pat have because said about that? It be, and it was only because of the Sergeant Slaughter, the Cobra clutch challenge. And then Pat, because he got out of it with Sarge.
0: That's fun. That's a deep cut right there. My friend. Yeah. Uh, Ad Free Show's top guy, Denovius, shout out to him, says, In your honest opinion, uh, was Chris Masters' downfall due to him being ahead of his time and letting his success get to his head too early in his career? I don't know that I would say that.
1: I'd say demons. Yeah, yeah. I'd say demons were probably his biggest downfall.
0: Uh, Ad Free Show's slapnut Nick says, Was the plan for Chris Masters to never have any opponent break the master lock for over a year and then eventually get in the title picture in 07? or just have someone like Bobby Lashley be able to power out of it and break it. Did you have an end in mind? That's kind of interesting.
1: There's, you know, it, it, you always think you have an end in mind, but as time goes on it, ah, we'll do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later.
0: Yeah. Uh, ad free shows, uh, slap nut. Heather wants to know if Chris didn't have his demons, do you think he would have made it further in the company? That's a fair Absolutely. question.
1: Okay. Absolutely. And I, I think, I think also, as as we've talked about a couple of times alluded to, if he was a few years older as well.
0: Well, I guess the real question is now with him just being 39, uh, as we're listening tomorrow, um, what say you, do you think he's got another run left in him? Have you seen any of his stuff recently or lately or whatever?
1: I, I really haven't, but, uh, you never say never in this business by God.
0: You absolutely never do. And guess what? Next week, we're talking about a subject. I thought we would never cover the Royal rumble. 2002. We'll be talking about triple H's return at Madison square garden for one of the biggest pops ever. We're probably going to play that. Uh, and then of course we'll cover uh, Jericho and the rock for the undisputed title, Rick flair and Mick Vince McMahon in a ring. I can't believe that's a thing. Flair was supposed to be back just to be a character. He was never going to wrestle. And now not only is he wrestling, but he's wrestling Vince McMahon. We're also talking about the brand extension, the NWO and oh yeah. Maven eliminates the undertaker. Oh, and Mr. Perfect returns and gold man. What a loaded show Royal rumble two from Atlanta. I was, I was there. Uh, I can't wait to talk about there. this one.
1: I was there. I, yeah, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. And we'll have to go back and watch and see if you actually see me in the Maven undertaker. Uh, up on the concourse
0: when he beat I him up, the I think I'm in one or two shots. That's fun. Well, I, uh, I, I, I couldn't wait to go. I actually attended that one. It was my first Royal rumble. In Why didn't person. you come say hi? Well, I didn't know you. Uh, you weren't talking to me yet. I was only 20 years old. Uh, so you weren't communicating with me yet.
1: Oh, uh, that's when you just had the, the, your, was that your first or second
0: roles? I lived in an apartment. I'll have, you know. You can't
1: have a Rolls and live in an apartment.
0: Well, you shouldn't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, boys. M- it's Huntsville we're talking about here.
0: Hey, what, what's up with the Huntsville hate? You had a great time last I time. I have. Hey,
1: first of all, I have no hate for Huntsville. Yeah. I'm thinking that, you know, my next move, when I, when I finally retire, I may retire to Huntsville
0: buddy. I bet I got talked, uh, Eric Bischoff and Larry Bischoff into at least getting a spot within driving distance. I think that would be cool. If me and you and Eric got to hang out on the reg.
1: Yeah. Just, you know, in the mountains there and it's laid back and. I like Huntsville.
0: I like Huntsville too, by the way, yeah. uh, we got some big stuff coming. The rest of this month is Royal Rumble. Heavy Royal Rumble two on deck next week. Royal rumble. 05 in two weeks, Bruce off the top of your head. What happened at Royal rumble? 05? I know you remember. I have no idea. It involved Vince McMahon. Come on. There's a hint. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> what a show. That'll be. What? That will be one heck of a show. Then we'll cover. 07, uh, which we have a last man standing match with John Cena and Umaga. We got, uh, Batista working with, uh, Mr. Kennedy test and Bobby Lashley. Eminem uh, versus the Hardys, and of course, WrestleMania is going to need an opponent and we have to have a winner and that's the undertaker in the Royal Rumble. So that's what we're covering in two weeks. We'll be back in three weeks. Uh, or, or I, I guess that's in three weeks. Uh, and then through the month of February, Ken Shamrock in your house, final four, no way out of two, no way out of seven. We got lots of fun stuff coming.
1: We got to throw in and ask me Bruce in there
0: somewhere. Oh, you missed that. But we do I, have one coming soon. It's in April, but we'll, we'll work on it. We'll get there. We'll see. Hey, man, I'm glad you're back to life. Uh, you know, everybody thought I you was had... never dead. Well, rumors of your demise have been greatly exaggerated. Uh, but yeah, hey, I hope your sources. I hope everybody watches uh, SmackDown the night, see what Bruce has been up to, and uh, I'm sure your days aren't stressful at all, right? I mean, not that... at
1: all. No, God, no. One I'm day, no stress.
0: Long time from now, one day you tell us the craziness of day one i mean a long long time from now but you got this big advertised main event and you get a major curveball it's not like you had long-term plans right and then all of a sudden uh oh everything changed this has got to be one of the most stressful times in your life right you
1: know again you
0: can look at it as stress you look at it as a challenge hey that a boy i love to look at things as challenges i love that about you Well, that's it for me and uncle Bruce this week. We hope you guys, uh, stay tuned, uh, to something to wrestle every single Friday, or at least when Bruce has a voice or has not busted an eardrum or doesn't have a frozen shoulder, isn't shitting his brains out in Mexico, whatever, but we're back baby. And we're covering Royal rumble 2002 next week. Be sure to check out Smackdown tonight. Don't dare miss Monday night. Raw. Here's a spoiler. Alabama beats Georgia. Nothing to see there. So check out raw and uh, we'll see you next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard.
1: I hope you listened all the way
0: to the end of this
1: one, Pat McAfee. Damn it. Rock on.
0: Does oh, he tune out early a lot of times?
1: Oh, he gives me shit.
0: Why? How? I
1: don't know. I enjoy his show. He enjoys our show. He gets mad if, if I miss one.
0: Well, he's been a mad motherfucker these last three weeks. Send oh, him a text now. Let him know. Friday's on time, by God.
1: Uh, uh, early. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see you next week on Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Rock on.
1: John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round.
0: Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Tylus and Callaway and no no. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can
1: get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale. <laughs> Those Weekend Golf Guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.